Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. Pearls, we're going to begin today with a reflection from the mystic, the pastor, the scholar, the Reverend Howard Thurman. Christmas is yesterday. The memories of childhood, the miracle of Santa Claus, the singing of carols, the glow of being remembered. Christmas is today, the presence of absent ones, the reminder of the generous act, the need to love, the need to be loved. Christmas is tomorrow, the miracle of faith, the fulfillment of ancient hopes, the reign of God, the dying of death in the land. Christmas is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That ends the reflection. Mm, that's good. Christmas is today and tomorrow. Mm, that's good, Jamie. I like that reflection and from Mr. Scholar, Mystic, Everything, Everything, Howard Thurman. He's so great. Uh, former Dean of Chapel over at Spelman. Did you know that? Yeah, girl. Yeah, that's all good. You know, I love me some Howard Thurman. But, you know, Jamie, I got an adventure. I've got many adventures in life. But I'm going to share this one um, that I shared with you, but I'm going to share it for the pearls because it's good. Okay? So about a couple weeks ago, actually maybe like a week and a half ago, um, we had a medical emergency in my family, and I literally abruptly left work because I knew that my mother was alone in that moment and she just kind of needed someone to be with her. And so I was planning to go home. My anxiety is through the roof at this point because I'm, like, scared, nervous, and, like, so many things are going through my brain, right? And I realized when I looked at the traffic report on Google that Highway 95, I-95, was shut down. And there was so much more traffic going along Route 15. So that's a highway in Connecticut um, that kind of leads. So if you're familiar with the area, that those are the highways. But anyway, so the interstates are really backed up and or blocked, right? So I knew I wasn't going to get home anytime soon, any quicker than I probably would have any other given day. So my sister would be arriving back to the New York area um, in the, literally in the middle of the night, and so I had to make a decision. I could either wait for this traffic to die down, I could take the train home, or I can just wait for my sister to arrive late in the middle of the morning slash midnight and just head to Connecticut when she gets in. So I made the decision um, after long contemplation of just kind of racking my brain to go along with my day as I had originally planned. But yet my day as it was originally planned um, was kind of thrown off. I had all this excitement. I had like this outfit plan of what I was going to do and what I was going to wear to my evening out. And none of that happened. But I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go along and I'm going to give myself a good time regardless. So I was on my way to a show, Jamie. Now, mind you, I decided um, because the highways were so backed up that I wasn't going to drive into New York, I said, okay, I'm going to take the train in. 
get on this train only to find out that the train that I'm rushing to get to is delayed. So the train that I get on is not only delayed, but we're headed down the track, and the track that we're on, we have to pause. I can't hear what's going on because I'm in the quiet car, and when you're in the quiet car, the announcements aren't said in the quiet car. So I literally said, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get there. I may even miss the show that I'm about to go to. But I'm on this train, and i got to figure it out. So I've been using this thing called the Shine app. If you don't have the Shine app, they're not paying us to say this. But you should um, get the Shine app. It's really great. And Shine has really helped me to re-navigate my thinking or reroute my thinking. So instead of being frustrated or flustered or angry um, or high anxiety, it has helped me to just kind of breathe my way through and just say, you know what? Come whatever may, I'm going to get to wherever I'm going, and it's going to be fine. So just thinking positive and thinking um, for the best, you know, just kind of taking life as it comes and not um, being frustrated. I had a had some books on my phone, so I said, you know what, pull up an e-book, great. Um, eventually the train started moving again. Uh, unfortunately, it started going in the opposite direction of where I'm trying to go. So we go all the way back um, into New Jersey, but then we pass the station that we origi- originated from. And so I'm like, oh, no, are we going all the way to Newark? Because that's where the main train station is. And so, no, we didn't. We had to stop to switch tracks. So we went from track four to track three. And eventually we ended up getting to New York. Um, I was late, but guess what? I got there. And so sometimes in life I realize we're on one track, but sometimes we got to switch tracks because there was something on the track that we were on that was preventing us from getting to where we're trying to go. And so instead of getting angry, instead of getting frustrated, just look at your options and switch tracks. You'll still get to where you need to go, but sometimes you have to back up and reroute, and you're still going to get there, but you just got to have some patience and just kind of push your way through it. And so sometimes we give up, sometimes we get frustrated, sometimes we want to get off the train because it's not moving fast enough or because it's not going at the time that we think it needs to go to, but still, we're going to get there. And so um, I hope that's a source of encouragement for someone because I did get to where I was going to go. I had a great time. Um, I enjoyed myself, and I still was able to meet up with my sister in the wee hours of the morning after she got off the bus, and her bus was late getting into New York, but we still met up, and we still were able to get home to Connecticut to be with our family during um, an emergency. And so, um, yeah, sometimes we just got to stop, backtrack, and just look at things um, and see what can we do in the moment that we're in. And because I couldn't get home right away, um, I called some family members who were in Connecticut to be present, to, to gather around, Um, at the time to help my mother in the emergency. So that was also something, too. Instead of me trying to feel like I have to be there, I have to get there, who's around who can assist until I can get there? Um, Because that's the thing. You know, that's why community and family is so important. We have people around us who can assist us. So that's my reflection of uh, my, my adventure, excuse me. That's my adventure for the day. It's a constant question. What happens when we just trust God to take care of the process? and to take care of the things that we cannot control. And thank you for sharing that story and for that reminder that God looks out for us, that we have communities that look out for us, that we don't always need to be everywhere all the time. The stress and the anxiety are not helping. They're just slowing us down and adding further burden to the situation. So thank you so much for sharing that reflection. And I think it's a great 
lead in to what we are talking about um, during this, you know, second or third, whatever time you're listening, week of the season of Advent. And maybe I know that some of you all are faithful just to Pearl's listeners, so you are familiar with what we mean when we say the season of Advent. But Portia, maybe you can give people a little bit of background. What do we mean when we say Advent? So when we say Advent, Advent season is the time where we are preparing ourselves, we are reflecting, we are um, embracing the fact that it is getting dark and that the world has succumbed to darkness, um, so to speak. Um, And we are preparing for Christ entering into the world, not just for the first time with that sweet, you know, bouncing baby in the manger, but also preparing our hearts and minds for the coming of Christ into the world again. And so we kind of stand between what has already happened, the birth of Christ the first time, and then the not yet Christ returning into the world. And so um, Advent is just this time of reflection and this time of expectation of Christ coming into the world, of Jesus entering into the world. And so um, we're just kind of in that tween time in terms of like contemporary times. We're just in that tween time between. And so um, that's a little bit about Advent um, in a nutshell. It's, a, it's the resetting of the Christian liturgical calendar, and so it's the first season. There's multiple seasons, so there's a Advent, there's Christmas time, there's the Epiphany, there is um, Easter time, there's Lent. I just went out of order, but you know what I mean if you know anything about church calendars and liturgics. Um, and also um, there's Ordinary time. And that's the season after Pentecost. And so um, all of that good stuff. And so Advent specifically, um, we reflect each week on um, four principles, which are hope, love, joy, and peace. And so, um, yeah, that's Advent. If you see the purples and the blues, you know you are in Advent season. Yeah, awesome. And you walk people through the entire church year. Do you hear the, hear the way that Pastor Porsche just blessed you all walking out <laughs> through the entire church year like that? Yes. A little, you know, you know, we got our Lent and our Easter mixed up, but everybody gets a picture. Lent is the 40 days, uh, roughly 40 days, not exactly, leading up to Easter. And then we have those weeks after Easter because, um, and I think, Portia, what you did is super helpful because it reminds us that there are seasons to everything. It's not just a particular day or a particular hour. There are seasons, and we have seasons in our lives. And there are seasons in the church year. It's not just a moment. Christmas is not a moment. Christmas is something that we prepare for, and then there's a Christmas season, and there's Epiphany, and then Easter is something we prepare for, and then there's Easter, and then Easter is a season, um, which leads us into the season of Pentecost. So thank you so much for walking us through the church year. So right now we are finding ourselves right in the middle of the season of Advent, and we are exploring today on this episode what that means to find ourselves in the season of Advent here at the end of 2018. Uh, What is it that we need to know? What is it that we need to keep going? And the reason why I wanted to read that particular Howard Thurman reflection at the beginning of our episode today is because I'm just so interested in the way that he talks about the past of Christmas, the present of Christmas and the future, that Christmas is also tomorrow. And that's why I think it's so important that Portia shared with us about the seasons, because Scripture teaches us that for everything there is a season, that there is a time for everything. And so one of the things that Portia and I want to talk about today, this episode is going to, you know, just kind of be like the train that Portia was on. It's going to leave the station. It might go on a couple of different tracks. 
uh, you might, you know, you might learn something from the episode that Portia and I had never even really thought about. Um, so we'll just see where things take us. But one of the things that Portia and I were talking about before we started recording is the question of legacy. And especially now if you're part of church or part of really any community, I'm sure I know that community groups have these conversations all the time. What is our legacy? And it's an interesting question because so often when we answer that question, it's focused on us. It's focused on what we want in the here and now. And one thing that Portia and I want to discuss today is whether it's church group or just any kind of community that you're part of, what does it look like to build for the future, to build for a future that you might never see and to struggle for a future that you hope will be great, but that you might never get to enjoy the fruits of that labor? What does that look like? I think that whole uh, conversation about legacy is just so important. Like, what does that look like? And what does that even mean, right? And so I think sometimes as people, we just get so caught up sometimes, and I don't even think it's intentional, um, but we get so caught up in our own selves, right? What can we do for us right now, um, individually and collectively, like what's happening in the right now? Sometimes forgetting that we weren't the ones who got us here, but not also remembering that there's someone else coming up behind us. And so I think part of the start um, to that is just having intergenerational dialogue in the communities that we do have and building legacy, because I do think it takes the, the voices of all the generations that are present to help understand what the legacy will be, right? Because you need to pass it on to those who are already present, like the younger ones who are already present, so that they can articulate it for the generation that's not even born yet. So when they're the elders in the community, when they're the elders, they can pass it on. Um, so I definitely think intergenerational dialogue is what helps to foster what legacy can be. So it's kind of hard to understand where you're trying to go if you don't know where you've been. Um, and that's something that i kind of grown up hearing. But I definitely believe that is true, right? And so I think that for me is the starting point of legacy. It's understanding that I do not work in a silo. I shouldn't be selfish, but having this intergenerational connected conversation to understanding what will the will the not yet be and what are we leaving behind? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a tough question because it kind of goes back to what you were even saying in your reflections or in your adventure, Portia. Um, sometimes we don't even know what's going to happen five minutes from now. Sometimes we are completely caught unaware. And so, so much of this life is about faith, trusting that even if we don't understand what's going on, that there is a larger plan. And I know, Portia, you and I talk about this a lot, as do a lot of our, you know, millennial colleagues who are ministers and faith leaders. Um, we talk about, um, you know, this kind of overarching negativity that seems to be the spirit of the moment where there's just this idea, oh, well, churches are just going to, like, die off. We're going to, you know, and it's like, you know, you and I have talked about this. It's like, no, well, the church has been around for 2,000 years, and that's all because of the legacy of the ministry of Jesus Christ. It really, I think sometimes we want to put ourselves so much at the center of the story, and I'm not saying that God doesn't care about what we do, because God does. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? 
God's plan is going to happen with or without my cooperation. God's got this. And so for me to spend excessive time worrying about the present and about the future, it's like God already knows the plan, and so I need to allow myself to be a willing vessel and believe that God is setting up all the building blocks that are necessary for the future. And um, and I think, yes, I think it's like two parts, right? Um, exactly what you said, that we are teaching future generations how to leave a legacy, that we are working on leaving a legacy. But even in the midst of doing that, we are allowing ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit and not to be led by our own impulses as human beings. And I think that that's really difficult. But part of the goal is to be able to put aside personal egos and instead to be able to live into a larger mission. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, um, one thing that you were definitely talking about um, that you mentioned that really struck me um, is just like God, right? Like God's plan and like where like God is situated in all of this. And sometimes I wonder, right, um, and this is a real thought, sometimes I wonder, do we – in the in the good hopes of planting and uh, creating legacy, do we sometimes forget to leave room for God in that process? Um, and so I wonder that sometimes, right? Just in thinking historically, um, where where is God? And maybe ne- not necessarily that the God language has to be there all the time, but I wonder if people acknowledge or see the hand of God in legacy building, in legacy um, passing. In that, you know, and I wonder if the current generation that's reaping the benefit of a legacy ever take the time out to assess um, God's hand in it. So, like, for instance, right, here's an example. Churches, right? So um, the current church that I'm serving has been around for 147 years, right? That's a long time. Just thinking about how have people traced the hand of God um, in faithfulness throughout the years so that when uh, the church is building a new legacy to give, how are they uh, assessing and looking back and seeing God in that process of building a legacy so that way they can pass on a new legacy with the hand of God also present. So I just wonder that um, a little bit. And so when you said um, share the God language, that kind of really struck something for me um, just in that process. And so, yeah, so – I think all of that is important, too. Um, yeah, so I wonder uh, just what kind of legacies um, are people building and what are legacies are people trying to share. And I also wonder if the pros would uh, care to engage us and send us um, your thoughts on that, too. We would love to hear from you uh, just in terms of what your thoughts are on legacy um, as well. Yeah. I mean, what you said is so true. It's like, do we leave room for the hand of God, for the Holy Spirit, in all of our busy planning. And before we started recording, Portia, you know, I think this is an important scripture for the season of Advent. Um, you and I were talking about the genealogy of Jesus, um, which, you know, we find in Matthew chapter 1. And these women who are featured in this genealogy, Rahab, Ruth, Tamar, and Bathsheba, all of whom had, I would say, challenging lives, according to the Old Testament. Their lives were not exactly going right. You know, Rahab um, was on the outskirts of her society because of her status as a woman who was a madam in a brothel. And so that would have placed her apart from her family, apart from her friend group, apart from what's considered to be respectable womanhood. 
And yet she made this tremendous sacrifice for the people of Israel, even knowing that they would destroy, um, you know, so many, uh, you know, of her own townspeople, people who she loved and cared about. And she decided to form a new bond with them. She decided to trust God, really. And then we see, you know, Ruth, who becomes a widow and goes with her mother-in-law to this land that's not her own and starts over. Um, Tamar, whose, like, husbands keep dying and uh, who basically has to trick her father-in-law in order to get what is owed to her. And then Bathsheba, you know, Bathsheba ends up married to a king. Um, but before that, that king took advantage of her sexually and then had her husband murdered. Um, and she even lost the child that she had of a result of uh, that encounter that she had with David, that sexual violence. So these women didn't live lives where they had a lot of choice, where they had a lot of freedom. And perhaps they didn't, you know, I think on a certain level we can see some joy, you know, especially in the story of Ruth. Um, but a lot of these stories don't even come off as, like, pleasant at any point in time. And so, you know, not that I want to valorize women being on the struggle bus. Let's, you know, let's rise above that reading of that. Um, but there are so many times in our lives when things are not going as we planned and really where we are suffering, right? That's just part of the life experience that sometimes we suffer. And yet these women and, you know, Jewish genealogies, ancient Jewish genealogies at least, didn't include women's names. And so Matthew saw fit to include these four women's names within that genealogy, that they are literally mothers of the faith. And, uh, you know, what does that look like, to be a mother of something that you will not even ever get to see, to know that what happens in this life for us, whether it's good, bad, neutral, that we literally are the shoulders upon which all this future greatness might rest. Um, and what does it look like for us to live with that hope that our lives, that we're living them not just for us alone, um, but as you said, Portia, that we are sowing the seeds for the future. And how would we live differently if we kept that hope at the center of even the challenges of this life? Like what would be different for us? So, yeah, so I think during the season of Advent, as we're thinking about love and hope and peace and joy and in which we are preparing for the light of Christ, these are things that we really have to grapple with and consider. Yeah, for sure. Jamie, when you just said um, mothers of the faith, I hope you co-coin that because that's real good, Jamie. <laughs> that That's real good right there. Mothers of the faith. Jamie, I don't know what, you know, women's ministry or a book or seminar or travel something, but you need to coin that mothers of the faith, okay? That's real good, <laughs> right? And because, like, in all honesty, like, let's, let's keep it, let's keep it real, right? If we would not have the faith that we have, the legacy of Jesus that we have without the women. Like, that's just what it is, right? Um, I love how um, when you talk about Mary, mother of Jesus, and by the way, um, y'all need to go get um, Jamie's book. If you don't have it, Her Body Bears the Word, um, shameless plug for Jamie's book, you know, go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, yes. Um, the, the mothers of the faith, right? Um, you have Mary, mother of Jesus, and I love how you um, just talk about um, 
her body bearing the gospel literally like and carrying the word like that's something that's always stuck with me and I love when you said that I'm like oh that's so good Jamie that that's good theology right there um but yeah it is and then thinking about um Mary the other Mary um uh, actually all the Marys but Mary uh, Magdalene in, uh, specifically who comes to the grave and to, to to proclaim that Christ is risen, right? So literally um, at two of the most unbelievable points in Jesus' life, right, Jesus' birth and his death, right, those are two moments that, like, that struck people struggle to believe is like wow like how was he conceived wow how was he resurrected right you have these two women you know bookending his life literally um and so god revealing and god breaking and entering into the world um through 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 women um is important and so um, about a couple weeks ago when i preached at an advent service um one of the things that i said that I truly do believe, like I really believe this, is that I believe that the next coming of Christ um, isn't going to be like anything else that we've ever seen because I don't think it's Jesus' style to come and enter into the world in a grand um into a grand way, right? Like he is not going to just, I, I don't, my faith, and this is, you know, everyone has to agree, but my faith is, doesn't tell me that Jesus is going to come on a chariot, on a cloud with lightning striking, you know, with the chariot and all of this stuff, like coming from the sky. No, I believe personally that Jesus is going to break and enter into the world through the coming together of women. Like, I believe that Christ's revelation and, and, and coming into the world again will be revealed through women. Um, sorry, brothers, um, do your best preaching on Sunday, but I believe that it's in the community of women that we will understand that the, and I don't like birthing analogies, but the rebirthing of Christ and re-entering of Christ into the world um, will be through us coming together. Um, and until we can learn how to do that um, well, um, we kind of hold up process. But I do believe that is part of the legacy, right? Women are in the legacy of the church. Women are the legacy of, of this movement that is known as the church. And I don't think, for me, that it's possible or even Christ's style, Jesus' style, to come into the world again without the assistance, without the presence, without the power of women. So, you know, men, keep preaching your best preaching. That's cool. You know, keep pastoring, whatever. But I definitely think with this rise of women in ministry, the rise of more women in the academy, and the rise of more women in politics, right, I just think that there's something um, to be said. And I think you've got to keep your eyes on the women. Um, because if you don't keep your eyes on the women, you're going to miss it, okay? That's my thought. But um, I, I really just always appreciate um, the work that you do um, as a scholar, Jamie, just around women. And so mothers of the faith, you need to coin that. That's real good. You know what I'm saying? That's real fruitful. Let it multiply. Well, amen. I will, I will uh, heed your advice. <laughs> that is my advent blessing to you, Jamie. <laughs> Mothers of the faith, but you should spell it M O T H A, mother. You know what I'm saying? Like mother. mother. <laughs> I love it. You know, because they black women, you know, gotta be mother. Mm-hmm. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, the mothers. Yeah. I love it. I love it. No, that's exactly right. So this mm, this conversation has gone to all sorts of compelling places. And I completely agree with um, Portia, pearls, 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 pearls. We want to hear from y'all. Please let us know, first of all, what you think about this topic. So second of all, 
how you leave a legacy, what that looks like to you, um, if you think that's relevant, and how you are forging intergenerational bonds. Like Portia said, we have an opportunity to learn from our elders. We have an opportunity to learn from folks who are younger than we are. We have an opportunity to learn from our peers. As Howard Thurman said, Christmas is yesterday, Christmas is today, Christmas is tomorrow, and we need to learn from our past, our present, and our future if we want to leave lasting, enduring legacies. Um, but also I think Portia and I have both pointed to the importance of placing God at the center of these conversations that we're having. I often think about Eve and, you know, what is that sin that she committed in the garden? And it's like part of it is this snake comes up and starts talking to her <laughs> and she starts reasoning with the snake instead of saying, you know what, why don't we just call God and see what God has to say about this? And I think that that's so important. If we want to live um, truly faithful lives, we can have conversations all we want, but we have to remember to invite God to be at the center of those conversations. So reach out to us. You all know how to find us on social media. Uh, we also respond to our emails. We would love to hear from you there. Um, you can reach out to us through our website. Um, and we would love to hear more about how you're celebrating this Advent and Christmas season and about how you're leaving a legacy. Oh, my God, Jamie. Yes, ma'am. So do you know what time it is? I believe I do, girl. Oh, my God. I believe that there's a need definitely at the end of this episode to be a little bit petty, at least a little bit. Oh, my God. This is my favorite part. Jamie, <laughs> do you have a petty pearl? Do I have a petty pearl? Yes. Um, you know, I always have something to be petty about, but do you have a petty pearl? Oh, Jamie, I think my life is petty, but that's fine, too. Um, oh, my God. That means I think we should give them a double petty pearl today, Jamie. A double petty pearl? Oh, my God. I just feel it's just a, that the legacy we will give them today is a double <laughs> petty pearl. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, so first? Um, I'll get my pearl out the way. Okay, Jamie. Okay, go, girl. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> All right, so here's my petty pearl. So in the spirit of um, legacies and, uh, you know, uh, Christ's legacy of the church starts and ends with women, I would really appreciate if men, preacher men, would stop um, hijacking the words of the women and, you know, just passing it off as their own. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, give credit where credit is due. I have seen this throughout a lot of my life, not just, I'm not speaking of any particular point in time, Jamie, um, but I have heard it on many occasions, and some sisters have done it too, so let me also be pacific. I have seen women also jacking the words of other women and not giving them credit. If we're going to be effective in legacy, Bill, let's not give people shady legacies. Um, you know, let's cut some stuff out while, while we, you know, know better. You know when you know better, you should do better. So let's stop hijacking each other's um, intellectual property 
plays and words and stuff like that. And let's give credit where credit is due. That's all I'm saying. If you hear your sister preaching a good word, give us some credit. If you hear, you know, and even if you hear your brother preaching a good word, give him some credit too. I mean, you know, sometimes this stuff, this stuff does not just happen overnight, whether we're teaching um, workshops, whether we are teaching at conferences, whether we are preaching on Sunday, whether we are writing in the books. You know, that's called plagiarism, y'all. So don't be plagiarizing out here. That's all I got to say. What you got, Jamie? Well, amen. Don't be plagiarizing. I can, hmm, I co-sign that. It is important to have some integrity out here in these streets. And we learn from each other. And honestly, there's nothing new under the sun, so it doesn't hurt you to cite somebody. And speaking of citations, you know, you all know that I'm teaching at the end of the quarter, you know, that grading process is happening. And I just want to give some students some help and some working people some help too. First of all, it is petty to miss deadlines and then to say nothing about it or to turn in your stuff late with a real, real lame excuse. First of all, here's my advice to you. If you insist upon turning, submitting late work, whether you're submitting it to an instructor or whether you're submitting it to your boss, one thing that I'm definitely going to need you to do is not come at me with all these excuses. You just need to show up with papers in hand because here's something that I hate. When you're submitting late work or when you, quote, unquote, submitted the wrong file, some of you all like to do that too, you need to, when you email me, you need to email me with the correct file in hand, or if it's at work, show up to your boss with the correct file in hand, not with this, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, can I get it to you in two hours? It's like, okay, so that makes me think that you haven't worked on this at all. I'm going to need you to take the assignment seriously, submit it on time, and if you do not submit it on time, at least bring me the correct document when it is time to submit it. It is real, 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 real petty to be submitting stuff way after the fact, and then when you submit it after the fact, it's incorrect. Come on, let's get it together. Let's do better. Let's make a resolution right now. It's the middle of December, so it's time to start thinking about those resolutions. That we are going to make our deadlines. If we're not going to make our deadlines, we're going to let people know far enough in advance so that they can be prepared for that, and that we're just going to submit the right thing the first time and not waste anybody's time. That's all. So, Pearls, I hope you feel very blessed. Um, because of Portia, you got a double dose of Petty Pearl. So you all enjoy the rest of this Advent season, and we will be talking to you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.